0: this thing uh, engagement levels are i think around about 80 percent which is pretty huge so about 80 percent of people in that community end up commenting end up engaging with posts whereas every other community i've tried to run or that i've seen other people run they tend to they tend to fail
1: 90 percent conversational marketing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. i think i'm yeah. joking the marketing automation discussion Welcome to the marketing automation discussion. I'm your co-host, Benjamin Bowman. Today, we're talking to Matt Barnett. Matt is the founder of Bonjoro, a video messaging platform designed to help users better engage their clients and communities. So we're going for a deep dive into the building of communities, as well as going into some insights on how to make your community actually work. We'll cover why communities don't work. Matt's three steps for running a community how to increase engagement, and how to actually start scaling your community once you've got it started. We hope you enjoy the discussion, and let's get going. Thanks for joining us today, Matt.
0: Hey, Ben. Great to be here.
1: So today, I wanted to get you on to chat more about your experience with video engagement and the sales funnel, but particularly starting and growing a community. But before we get into it, do you mind telling us a little bit about your background and the story of Bonjora? Because I think that'll be relevant to what we're about to get into here.
0: Sure. So I originally was an industrial designer out of the UK, and I always knew I'd go into starting a business, but I assumed that would be in, in products and tangible products. But I moved to Australia, um, I think 11 years ago now. And as as these things go, I ended up falling into quite a different industry, which was tech, which was just I guess starting off in Australia. I mean, obviously, Atlassian's Canva didn't exist yet. Atlassian was kind of the only one really there. And I found myself falling into product design of online products, which ultimately is exactly the same process. So you're still, you know, building prototypes, raising money, building a business, growing it, releasing more products. And when we were playing around, we we tried a few businesses couldn't get the traction we wanted and then we ended up falling into space where we were running uh, an agency if, if you like a little bit in between projects to get funds coming in and in that agency we had a load of clients in the uk new york and paris we ended up working with large fmcg clients and all their bases were in those time zones and we had a specific challenge where running sales any leads coming in were generally coming in when we were asleep, which is the, uh, the joy of, of living in Australia, is that you're in the opposite time zone to the rest of the world. And so we couldn't hop on the call and call those people. And so we had a drip campaign, etc to try and re-engage them and set up meetings at, at convenient times. But I think especially with large clients, you know, the face-to-face, the two-way conversation was really important to getting the next step, which for us was normally a demo or a meeting. And so because we struggled here, because we knew that we were actually very good face-to-face, uh, we started doing a little hack where every single lead that came in, I would get a list of them each morning and we would look at the data. We'd pull some more information about them. So for instance, if, if, if John Archer signed up from Ogilvy, we'd have a look at what, what, what account he was on, uh, which division he was based in, uh, some of the work he'd done, what his job title was. And then on the way into work, and I used to take a take a boat across in the Harbour, which was uh, conveniently a pretty... Pretty nice trip. Um, I went straight past the, uh, the Opera House. I would pull out my smartphone and record a video for John Archer. And so the first piece of communication that lead would ever get would be me on a video with the Opera House behind me saying, hey, John, Matt here from the Australia team of verbate was the agency. And we would get that video online. We'd host it. and We'd send it out in an email to John. And then that evening, when the UK woke up, he would pick it up. And we found by sending a video as a first piece comms, we tripled our, our response rate. And as a result, we tripled the number of demos we were getting. I mean, the responses were amazing. Most people just found it kind of hilarious and they were, and they were like, look, can't quite hear what you're saying because the wind, it's too windy, but, uh, but you look like a lot of fun. And so we just we just kicked off this relationship with these leads where they thought we were a lot more fun than other clients. They, they liked the fact that, that we take the time to send them a video rather than just writing an email, and we got a lot more meetings out of it and a lot more business. I mean, long long story short, just happened that one of those clients asked if they could use this this video email system. Um, and so on a Friday with a few beers, we actually built something that somebody else could use and we put them on it and they started using it and then one of their clients asked if they could use it and then one of their clients asked if they could use it and then it kind of, um, it just started snowballing from that point onwards. And so, you know, we kind of jumped on, on the opportunity, realized there was a problem we were solving for a lot of people and that is what Bonduro is today. I think it... I think it overtook the original agency in like twelve to eighteen months, around there. Uh, now it's much much bigger.
1: So it sounds like you you first kind of got into video here as a means to bridge that gap between time zones. Is that right?
0: Yeah, like, one of those one of those clients. Like they uh, the way the way they said it, it was it was like we were we were pressing pressing the flesh um, on their time zone. So if you like getting our kind of like the like ourselves across. Uh, but obviously, when they were watching these videos, we were generally again off, off work and, and asleep. So it was, a, it was about trying to get us across. And this is a, you know, the asynchronous point is that it, it, it wasn't two way at all. Um, but that didn't seem to matter. It seemed to work and get across our personality. And, you know, are, are we someone that you'd like to work with?
1: Okay. So what did you learn from this? You know, where can video have a really big impact?
0: I think using asynchronous video as a way to to introduce yourself and and uh, connect with customers. But it, it comes in a number of stages of the funnel, and we're gonna on on this talk we're gonna focus down on the kind of community side of it. But in terms of where you use it, if if you're trying to convert leads that are coming in, and you think that a bit of personalization will go a long way, uh, it's worth having a a test, and and that's to be honest probably the first use case that anyone would use this for because everyone has a lead funnel. Secondly, uh, we we see a lot of usage around what I would call activation. So once you have customers on board or clients on board, making sure in that first three months that they are correctly set up, that they really get value from your your product or or your offering. So such that they stay a lot longer down the funnel. And then the third area is really around uh, building what I would call it's what we call super fans, uh, and this is really turning a subset of customers into people who will rave about you and, and, and write reviews and do testimonials and make referrals and bring more and more customers in which obviously if you can crack this part of the funnel it's probably one of the hardest pieces to crack but it's also the most effective way of getting high converting new leads so those three areas so really if you're looking to solve you know, converting more leads, activating more customers, or growing more advocates or superfans—those are areas where taking the time to do to use video and to reach out to customers potentially has a large impact.
1: Got you. So, what would you say is the strategy to to really leverage here?
0: So, let's say we're gonna we're gonna focus down. I'm gonna leave um, leads uh, and activation for the moment and look at the. The advocacy part because i think this is probably one of the areas where a lot of businesses fail and there's i mean there's, there's, there's a lot of stats out there but you know anywhere from kind of five to 20 times more cost effective to get another dollar off an existing customer than it is to get one off a new customer for most companies growing your existing customer base is vastly more effective uh, than it is to go out and find new leads although you know conversely getting you leads is generally seen as more exciting and more visible and easier to measure so we tend to focus there so what i'm gonna do i'm gonna talk about how you create what we call advocates or super fans and we'll talk about communities one one caveat i will mention though back to leads is i do think when it comes to creating customers who will rave about you and when i say a super fan i mean somebody who will actively promote your business who will actively share with others, who will act, actively engage in your company, who will who will be there to take calls, to take research calls for, for you, or there to write testimonials for you, or there to talk about you at, at events. And um, I do think yeah, the one caveat is getting people to this point is you still, it's a lot easier to get them there if you make your best first impression. So one of my suggestions is, is that if you do take the time to welcome new leads or new customers on board, and video is a great way to do this, and and personalized video is a great way to do this. Obviously, you start that relationship off on a kind of wow factor. So the chance of getting somebody to the stage where they will rave about you is a lot higher, um, and the timeline to do that is going to be a lot shorter as well. Uh, Simple laws laws of reciprocation, that customer coming into your funnel realizes that they're more than just another number. However, where are we going to focus down on um, what they're talking about is a community so i think if you don't have this to date then and you have a a significant customer base i would very much suggest you look into how you can create a community and there's obviously many many platforms to do this uh, probably the the easiest and most accessible for a lot of us might be something like facebook um, it could be linkedin it could be it could even be twitter um, or it could be other community tools out there and the thought behind having a community is that what you've got is a a curated group of generally customers, at least to start with, um, who are active and who educate each other on how to get the most out of your, your services, your, your tools, and your offering. And then over time, build those um, so that when you start to bring new customers in there, then they end up teaching all, all your new customers how to get going. And it becomes a customer base that you can go back to for your testimonials for your your reviews for your research uh, and they become more and more active over time and 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 the chance of losing those customers is very low so um for example we use facebook uh, for hours now to get people into this community the way i would suggest building this is you need to have a bit of a funnel and when you start from scratch the one thing you do is to really curate who goes in here so you want to add in your most active engaged users as a starting point now in your crm or in your or in your tools you probably have some kind of measure of engagement so this could be it could be customers who've been with you the longest if you are an e-commerce business it could be the people who bought the most the most product off you if you're a services company the ones who spend the most with you but it also could be non-monetary related um, triggers such as the people who I guess, communicate with your team the most. It might not necessarily be the highest paying user, but it might be somebody who is who is talking to you a lot or who uses your product a lot. For us internally, we obviously have videos sent as, as our main metric, and we know that if someone sent a thousand or more videos, they are a very engaged customer um, already. So when you first start a community, what I suggest you need to do is to find the trigger that highlights your um, highest engaged users And off that trigger, create a message and invite that user into a private community. So you need to start it off as as private. Now, obviously, when you launch, you want to make sure this goes out to enough people that, you know, you can get 20, 30, 40, 100 people into this community on the first week. So send this message out. um, And then when they come in, and this, this will continue forever, but your biggest challenge is going to be making sure that members in that community are active. Uh, the biggest failure of people trying to start communities is that they put a lot of customers in or a lot of, of contacts in there, um, and that community just never gets kicked off. It just dies in the water. Um, and that can actually have a negative impact on your business. So when you wanna make people active, you need to put a bit of time in again. So you send out these invites, welcome them in, have, and acceptance policy um, and then probably manually you're going to have to go through each few days and allow people in. Now when you allow them in first of all welcome them into the group um, but secondly trigger out another piece if you have somebody who is running the community which you kind of need to have so either make this someone someone's se- second role or obviously if you've got a large community make this um, a full-time role you need to trigger them out that whenever someone comes in I suggest this is a great opportunity again to send a personal video welcoming them into the community once again thanking them for joining and outlaying some rules and maybe some points of conversation where they might want to get involved because you've taken the 30 seconds one minute to do this uh, yet again that person is is more likely to respond more likely to um, engage back and more likely to go into that community and start commenting um, and putting up uh, questions etc
1: just out of curiosity why is more not better in this case I mean, why not invite as many people as you can to the community and just hope that the numbers increase engagement?
0: Yeah, so again, this, this comes down to keeping this community active. What you'll find is, is if you put in pa- what I would call power users at the beginning, now, if you've got 100 people in there who all use your product or service a lot, understand the industry a lot, when one of them puts up a question, it's going to be a probably like a, a, a better thought out, more challenging question And because you have your very active users in there, you're going to get not 15 or 20, you might have 30 people come in and comment on it. And there's value there for everyone because they are an active user who are genuinely looking to learn, genuinely looking to share, and they already understand your products and offering quite a lot. If you put in a thousand users, many who are not power users, the questions asked are going to be potentially of a second quality. So it might be that they're a lot early in the process. And so your power users are going to get pretty broad answering those questions pretty quickly. Um, and if those questions overwhelm it, then what you'll see is that what starts happening is those questions get put up and nothing happens. And then there's no response to them and it all dies in the water once again. So the point to make here is a community only survives on these power users. If you cannot get them to run the community essentially, then it won't work. And you and to get them engaged, you need to provide value to them. And what's going to be value to a Power User is another is another Power User. To be frankly honest, and and, and the key to make, and the key to look at here is, is engagement. You know, if you have twenty users, but they're all but they're every single one of them is engaged, that's still great because that's still valuable. Even if people only check in once a week, but they're all answering and all talking together, it's already a really good seed. You know, you might have a thousand users where you know seventy percent are engaged. That's that that's also great. Um, look at the engagement level of those, and then once you've got a healthy level of conversation happening and you might want to check this daily or weekly you know this, this will be different depending on different businesses then you lower the bar slightly further so i mentioned with us you know we did a thousand videos at the beginning we then lowered it to i think 500 so these are still pretty active users they're not quite power users yet but they're pretty active and then we invited those in and because all our pro users were still talking whenever a question went up yeah everyone started to kind of get involved more and we still have a mix of you know earlier questions and uh, again power user questions. Then, after a time when, when we saw that engagement hit a critical level and it was working well, we then lowered the bar once again. And we've continued to lower it to, to until I think now I think any paid user gets invited in. Um, so anyone who becomes a paying client for us uh, comes in there, um, even if they're only just getting started. When they come in, they also see that there's a lot of interaction, a lot of conversation and a lot of those questions are, you know, l- levels beyond where they've got to. And that for them makes them realize the value of this community. It also pushes up the standard of questioning as well. You know, if you see everyone's asking, you know, more more critical questions around around strategy and, you know, and, 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 and AB testing, et cetera, you're probably not going to come in and just ask how you send a video, <laughs> you know? so this is how you run it so again it comes down to triggers it comes down to invites him we still we still run a thing where we will still my community manager will still invite um people in and well the invite goes out she'll allow them in and then she'll send each one a video message welcoming them once again many of these she's already met or already talked to but again she takes the time to do this and say hey look it'd be great if you go and put up your first questions today and because she does that we tend to get people engaged from day one in that community. Obviously, the automation is is telling her when people are coming in and when to send those messages. She still puts some time in to them, and that's still important. Um, and we've since doing that. I look at, at, at this community. We've ran to other communities. We we've run, and this thing our engagement levels are I think around about eighty percent, which is pretty huge. So about eighty percent of people in that community end up commenting, end up engaging with posts. Whereas every other community I've tried to run or that I've seen other people run, they tend, to, they tend to fail. It's weird. The communities that work without much effort and which kick off at the beginning are only ones where you almost have a cult-like status with your customers. Which, could, which generally tends to be around deep niche products, um, which have those type of users. Everything else takes, take, takes work and effort.
1: Okay, so imagine I'm a marketing manager. Uh, tasked with implementing this? What tools am I going to use?
0: Yeah, so again, pick your community um, that you want to grow on and find what makes sense for you. Look, Facebook's an easy one, but if your customer base is not on Facebook, then then don't use Facebook. Um, there's private communities out there that, that you can use, private community softwares, which might be worth moving to as you get bigger. Again, you might find that LinkedIn is a better place for you. I mean, ultimately, Instagram is is a community. You can think of it that way But again, it's about the idea of privacy and selection. Build triggers. Start off with your high. work out who your highest active users are. Invite those in first. If you have a workflow tool, um, or if you like a task list tool, then I would suggest that you create yourself a trigger a couple of times a week to remind yourself to go in there. And if it's not kicking off, then start to create content and ask specific questions. So although you have to obviously think of these and put them in to start with, don't drop the ball so don't leave it two weeks and then come in and you know and say how does everyone like cookies you know um create good content as as you go as this grows the less you will have to do this curation you should end up being purely a moderator if, if this is successful you shouldn't really have to create content in there at all now the other thing is once you've got a community going and it's running you then need to leverage and use these these what i call superfans so then, it's a case of if that community is running, it's great, it's useful in itself, but it could be a lot more. So my suggestion then is to start to open it up to your team. So when you have product research to be conducted, allow your product team to post in there and ask people to get involved. When you have people who hit certain milestones or customers roll over to be with you for a year, um, again, build an automation that lets you know and call them out in that community when they hit certain milestones. This also lets other people in the community see the fact that people are hitting these huge milestones, kind of drives them forward. Um, when you have drives for referrals and testimonials, put things up up in this community again. You use them once more. Um, we have a drive that whenever again customers hit certain um, certain milestones beyond the first one that puts them into the community, we then. Uh, let my community manager know and she tends to reach out to them through the community and ask them to go and leave us a, a, a referral or review on a, on a, review, a review site as well um, and we generally get something like 95% completions on those requests um, which is huge and if we went out to our customer base and just sent them an automated message and did it there we we've, we've tested it and we get like 20% reviews.
1: When people go to implement this do you find that there are common issues that they run into that we should be aware of?
0: Engagement's number one. Um, secondly, you need to make sure that the level and the value of the content is high. So again, if everyone's asking questions that are repetitive, get boring, and not very insightful, your biggest power users will end up drifting off that community. If you need to do this yourself to begin with, then, then do. But again, if you build this correctly, it should work so the third part really is about is about how you grow these communities so i'd say you need to vet them heavily to start with and then bring on more customers into these communities at a measured pace so don't go from you know 100 to 10,000. build up over time and if you do this and you create it well and you vet it then again a lot quicker than, than you realize you'll essentially be able to step out of it and it'll run itself and then fourth i think once you have this use it a lot of people, you know, as you see you see people who get active communities and then don't really leverage them, they they let them be their own thing. And of course, they are valuable on their own. But I look at that. And if anyone in the, in the company has a question, like a product have questions, I'm like, go ask the community, just jump on in there. And everyone kind of comes in. And obviously, they are, you know, they are advocates. Um, but to be honest, those are the kind of customers that we want to build for. You know, as, as a result of this, uh, if you look at like Bonjour, I think
1: 40% of all our traffic is through referral. Talking generally about automation and and marketing tech, what do you think's coming next? what's your what's your take on the current pulse?
0: So my suggestion is that I think one of the challenges we we face now like across the world is is the idea of of doing personalization at scale. I think and by the way we use we use all levels of automation. like all, all messaging is important. I think what we've seen, and again, we're, we're we're biased, but but our our ethos for the company is is automate um, processes, but never relationships. And I think what I've seen, you know, over the last few years of being in tech, especially, is that we all went online, and we all hit automation pretty hard, we all did automated messaging um, for years, and that was fine for a while. And as anything, it gets ruined by bad actors <laughs> by and by scale. we're at stage now i think people are fed up of just of just the of uh of just the inbox and so i think the challenge now is how do you cut through all the bad actors how do you show that you do care about customers and i think personalization is, is is the way to do this how do you show that a customer is not just another number because i think customers are fed up of being numbers and there are a lot more offerings in the marketplace now that it's very very rare that you will have a product or service where there are no competition i think going beyond just the product or the service offering and showing that you genuinely are there for customers has a lot bigger impact now than it has done for the last 10 years i think if you go back 50 years it had a huge impact where people were going into shops and you know your your, your baker understood your order every morning you know you would never leave that 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 baker
1: awesome so before we wrap up for people who are listening and want to connect with you what's the best way
0: so look if you want to reach out to me in person feel free to hit me up on linkedin if you search for papa bear uh, i'm probably one of the three people that turn up i'm the guy in the bear suit feel free to reach out in person like i've had a lot of help getting where i am a lot of advice so I'm more than having to pass it on um if you want to try out personalized video um look feel free to hop into Bonjouro.com, give it a go if you sign up uh, most importantly, you'll you'll receive a video from some person in the team in one of the countries. So you'll get to experience it firsthand, uh, which I think uh, will help the penny drop if you haven't seen one before. So give that a go.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Matt.